Good evening, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. We are here to discuss the new trailer that dropped today for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, which, you know, again, I, I would have bet that they would have debuted the trailer during Monday Night Football. Granted, this week's game is not great. It's... Who was like the, No, that was last night. Was the Dolphins... Who the fuck's playing? I don't know. It's off my head, but whatever. All I know is the game tonight is shit. I'm not exactly looking forward to it, but whatever. So, regardless of all of that, you know, you still have a lot of eyes on on it to begin with, and, and it's a great place to do it. Now, they're probably going to do what they did a few weeks ago with Black Panther, where they put the trailer out in the morning, and then during the, you know, during a football game, they'll do a, hey, asshole, the trailer's online, go watch it. And they'll do like a little TV spot with some of the coolest moments from the trailer, probably the moment at the end with Kang, and and all of that, um, and, and I think that's, you know, that's an interesting approach, um, it's certainly better for them, because you're not taking, like, if, if you're, if you're selling time by the two, by the, by the, the 30 seconds, you know, if an ad is 30 seconds or some interval in that, or you're selling in increments of 10 spaces for companies that want a very small ad, or you're selling in increments of 15 for 15 second spot, either way, taking up two minutes and 30 seconds to three minutes on one trailer that is for your company. Not exactly the best use of that. Um, it, it's better to do a 30-second spot and then direct people to YouTube. Um, that, 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 that doesn't make more sense to do it that way. You're still getting the awareness um, during halftime um, or between quarters or something, and but you're, you're getting the you're not spending as much, you know, you're not losing as much money as you could with the ad spend. Um, but regardless, the is now out. And we get a little bit of the movie. We get a little sense of what this is. So we get, um, it is now, some time has passed after Endgame, and Scott is living large. And, you know, he, he saved humanity um, because he, you know... He discovered that, you know, you could time travel with the quantum realm, and he has the podcast now, and he's telling everyone about, you know, what happened, and it's his version of things, so he's, he's living life to the fullest. So, then Cassie uh, and him build a, a, they build a system, and I think even, um, it looks like Hank's even in on it, he seems like the only one who's not in on this is, uh, is Janet. They build a, a system to send out a beacon into the quantum realm, um... And it seems that, and, and I really like this. I really like that they're going with this approach for it because I think Ant Man's riding a little too high. Um, I think Ant Man had too active a role in saving humanity for the next multiverse ending cataclysm to be kind of categorically his fault. I can, I can, I like that, and I like where that arc can go. So he sends this signal out into the quantum realm. Um, and, and Janet's like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't send that signal out to Quantum Realm. And they turn it off. Before they can turn it off, they all get sucked in to the Quantum Realm. Cassie, Janet, Hank, um, Scott, and Hope all get sucked in. And they're all in the Quantum Realm. Um, and we get to see some cool shots of the Quantum Realm. Um, and, again, um, it, it, this... I'm getting Multiverse of Madness vibes. That's what I'm getting from this. I'm getting the same vibe of, you know, we are going out into, you know, we have to, we have to, we're going to go into this thing. And here's this really cool thing. It's, you know, 
whatever earth the Illuminati's from. It's whatever. It's you know, omnipotent city in um, in, in Love and Thunder. It's this this thing that's going to be very expensive, and we're going to you know they're going to be there for a good amount of the movie, uh, for a, a not unsubstantial amount of the movie. Um, not was like good amount, but you know it's not going to be a short amount of time that they're in that area. So they're there. And they are, it's, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, live out. Um, they, they have to escape. So they go off into, you know, they, they have to figure out a way to escape. And there's no real earth-ending cataclysm as portrayed in this trailer that goes along with them not escaping. It's just they're trapped there, and they can't guarantee when they'll, when they'll come out. Because, again, time travel's a thing when you're dealing with the quantum realm. Um... But there's no sense of urgency that they need to escape because something is coming or something is happening that needs their attention in that moment. Um, besides the fact that they are actively trapped in the quantum realm. And I think the fact that Cassie's there too, um, I think does take away something to be urgently concerned about. Because if Cassie is there, then Scott doesn't have a drive to get out to go back to Cassie. Because Cassie's with them. Like, is, is the drive that he needs to get back to Judy Greer? Well, not really, because Cassie's not a little kid anymore. So, he doesn't want to, you know... And I think that Cassie being there is great, because we get to see her suit up. She's going to become stature, and she's going to be one of the young Avengers eventually, and, you know, all of that's really cool. I like all of that. Um, but my problem still comes back to there isn't really a, a drive for him to push the escape, you know without Cassie being on the outside, I don't think. Um, and I think that's going to be where the movie kind of stumbles for me, is that, and again, this is based purely on one trailer. Um, what this trailer is illustrating is that escape is the mission. And if escape is the mission, then they need to come up with a reason why escape needs to be quicker rather than, all right, well, we got time. Let's figure this out. Um, and we see in the quantum realm, that there's someone, well, we, we know it's Kang the Conqueror, in a cage, and he escapes the cage. And he says to Scott, you know, at the end of it, it's like, if you, I will help you escape if you keep me out of this prison. And it is one of those things where we know what's going to happen. It's going to come down to... You know, he, he's going to help Kang escape. They're going to escape, and then Kang's out there in the world. And Kang is the, the big threat going forward. Um, because, obviously, the next two Avengers movies are the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. So, yeah, I think that's an interesting approach to take. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with this. But that said, I, I, I feel like there's not enough here to really look at this movie and be like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen. Because I feel like the issue with this, and, and this comes back to a lot of my issues with the entirety of how they kind of had handled Kang, is that Kang has never been a, a mysterious entity within this confine. Because before we even saw him in Loki, as he who remains at the end of time, who is, you know, maintaining control of the multiverse, that Loki kills and causes the escape of, you know, this other Kang now. Like, or Sylvie kills him, not Loki. But, um, 
with that, the, the question is, like, um, what, here, had they not announced it, and had they not been, like, during Investor Day, like, by the way, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is coming out on this day, and also, we also not only have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania coming, but, um, you're also gonna have, um, in that movie, you're also going to have an appearance from Kang the Conqueror, and Kang the Conqueror will be played by uh, Jonathan Majors. And I feel like that kind of hurt everything going forward. And I feel like that decision to announce that was not relayed to the creative teams or, or done without consulting the creative teams at Marvel. By the time we get into Loki and we have the introduction of Kang, it's not... Let's, let's look at, okay, so who is this? They never call him Kang the Conqueror. They show, like, every... They, they show his backstory. Like, well, the multiverse, you know, they found each other. And, you know, first it was very, you know, they don't say masturbatory, but masturbatory, where it's like, look at how smart we are that we figured this out. And then conquest came. And it's like, I, I took many things, a scientist, a conqueror. And it's like, oh, shit, all right, so this is happening here. And I wonder... How many people would have picked up on, on, on Jonathan Majors there as, as Kang the Conqueror? And then you get to this one, that's a big holy fuck moment. And the thing is, too, I saw an article from comicbook.com saying, like, well, today also Henry Cavill announces that he's back to playing Superman. He's going to play Superman again. And it's like, I, I don't think there was ever really someone who was like, oh, he's not playing Superman anymore. Like... I, I don't think it was ever, like, a definitive he's done forever. Like, there's reporting, and, and we'll do an episode about the reporting and all of that, because I think that there's some disingenu- disingenuousness around that. Um, but, whatever. So, they said, would this have been, like, like it seems that now that news has eclipsed, um, you know, the news of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And, 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 yes, at the same time, you have the cultish Snyder fan base who's going nuts over Henry Cavill. And let's be honest, Henry Cavill coming back to Superman is great. He's a great Superman in, in a bunch of really shitty Superman movies. Um, so to see him come back and get a chance with a competent director to make a Superman movie, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that for kind of social media engagement, I don't think that's necessarily something that we should be looking at, considering that, like, Snyder got to, you know, like participation trophies at the Oscars because his fan base managed to manipulate um, social media to, to get it for him. And, and, and we know this is a fact. But not only that, I think that had they not announced that Jonathan Majors was playing Kang back in November of 2020, had that announcement not happened when they did that big round of announcements at Investor Day, um, I think this would have landed a lot smooth, more smoothly. Uh, and I think this would have landed a lot better because now you get that reveal that, oh shit, we have seen Kang before. Kang was in Loki. We know who Kang is and he's going to be a big entity going forward. And and to go one step further, I would have not announced the title of Avengers 5. I would have said we're doing Avengers Secret Wars and then we're doing an untitled Avengers movie on this day before it. But I wouldn't have done... I would have, like, they did that with, what's it called? They did that with uh, Infinity War and Endgame, where it was Infinity War Part 1, Part 2, and then they said, 
well, we're not going to call it part two anymore. We're going to call it something different. But they didn't say what it was. And then when you get to the, the formal announcement of, oh, this is going to be um, Endgame, that wasn't until, like, June of 2018, when the movie came out in, in, in May of 2019. Like, it, it, it is, it, it's one of those things where it's like, if you held off on that, and you held off on the earth, on, on, on the announcement of Jonathan Majors' Kang until this moment, that would have been a lot better for engage if we're looking purely at engagement for for what this means. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm all for it either way. Um, I just want to see I, I want to see where this goes. Um, I I just feel like there's, there's like it, it takes away some of the excitement from from the trailer, knowing that key piece of information there at the end, and I'm sure to uh, look. I think it's kind of a weird thing where it's like because I know what's going because like I don't know how many people actually read the trades like because like this information is reported in Variety and ComicBook.com and and you know Hollywood Reporter and Deadline and how many people actually read these things and it's like did it get picked up by the more mainstream not not to say Variety's not mainstream or or any of that's not mainstream but like the more mainstream ones like People or Us or things like that. How many of them ran the story that Jonathan Majors of, you know, at the time, like, he was in Lovecraft Country, I think was his biggest role that I could think of off the top of my head? Like, that guy was going to be in, you know, he was going to be in, uh, he was playing Kind the Conqueror. Like, how many people were reading that and, and, and knew that? Um, and I think it was just a misplay. Um, to, to announce it that early. And I think it does kind of... It, it harms the impact of the trailer a little bit. Um, but for what the trailer is, and what, notwithstanding what happened in the world around the release of the trailer, um, I think it, it kind of accomplishes its goal moderately well. It's, you know, it's, it is entertaining. It shows you that we're back to this world. And I think that one of the things that, for the most part, in... I, I would say... I think Thor did it. Black Widow really didn't, because for all intents and purposes, Black Widow was a first iteration. Um, so it was Black Widow, Eternals was new, Spider-Man kind of did it, but Spider-Man also kind of got swallowed up. When I think of Spider-Man No Way Home, I think of, um, I think of everything it did with the multiverse, and I think more of the return of Garfield and, and, and everyone else than I do think of, you know him seeing his friends again and all of that in a way that um but the what's it called had him hanging out like he was with his friends mostly in Far From Home when we get to No Way Home it's still this big multiversal story where Doctor Strange is an active role and you know he's still working with Ned and MJ but very much those two and it feels like those two tagging along for a much larger adventure where you know there is an adventure happening in What's it called? There's an adventure happening in in Far From Home, but it's not quite as, you know, it, it is... The stakes aren't as high, and, and you still have to focus on Peter and his relationship with his, with his friends. Um, like, I would say Love and Thunder is really the only movie of the post-Endgame era that... Well, because, like, I'm trying to think who else was there, where it's like we're getting to see, like, these pockets of the universe again. Because Multiverse of Madness, I mean, Christine's there, and Christine has a big role, but 
you don't see Mordo, and, and Wong has become kind of a, a, a universe figure, not just a, a, a Doctor Strange figure. In the same that, way that, like, Iron Man 3, it is dealing with Iron Man and Iron Man adjacent characters. It's not this huge, big clusterfuck of, you know, interconnectivity. Um, Thor The Dark World is, is Thor coming off of an Avengers movie and going back to it, back to Asgard to deal with stuff like that. Same thing with Ragnarok. Um, even if the Hulk is there, it's still very much seeped in that. And I don't think that... I think this one has the possibility of being that. Um, where it's like we get the chance to really just explore what these characters are. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing that, like, I, I don't think that... It's really being, like, done enough in, in the modern era where everything feels very interconnected. The TV shows have been have been doing that, but again, the TV shows are all new. So it's getting to know these characters, and I think that to an extent, a few of the characters aren't developing out, and I also don't know if we're getting second iterations of the TV shows. Because I think Loki is the only one that's been confirmed for season two. Um, and, and, and yeah, Captain America, the Winter Soldier is, is you know, uh, uh, wow. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is is not going to be getting a season two because that's going right into um, Captain America five or Captain America four. Um, but yeah, it's it, like I think this has the capability of being one of those that feels like an actual sequel in the same way that Phase Two's movies felt like sequels about the character in the title, not about how they relate to the universe as a whole. Um, which I think is something that as we as we have this this new era and and you know a lot of that could just be rose colored glasses where i'm looking back and i'm like okay well this i'm looking at it back fondly now and it's like a lot of the movies i haven't really gone back and re-explored but you know who knows i could be wrong um but i would like to see some of these things kind of explored and i think in the same way too um the upcoming release slate is not helping either because the upcoming release slate is not really highlighting the new stuff that's been introduced. Like, we, we don't have an introduction of, um, what's it called? Um, like, Shang-Chi hasn't had something new since uh, being in, in Shang-Chi. And there's nothing announced on the horizon for a sequel to Shang-Chi. Same with the Eternals. We don't have anyone returning, and I really like the Eternals. I'm not the, I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like that's an uphill battle, and I feel like in the same sentence of saying, well, I like the Eternals, and I would like to see Batman be, uh, like a Superman movie by a competent director, that feels like I'm gonna, I'm setting myself up for failure, but I stand by both those statements. Fuck you. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I think I've really done enough here. Um, check out the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, it's available on YouTube, um, for, for anyone to watch, it's short, it's not, you know, super long. Um, I, I, I would like to see more. I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. Um, and, and, and I'm interested to see where they go from here and what, and what happens after this story. Um, but until our next episode... Oh, and before we go, you can go to multipleworldproductions.com slash pre-order. Um, and you will get... Um, I'm sorry, pre-orders. Multipleworldproductions.com slash pre-orders. Um, and you can, um, pre-order Echo Delta Part 1, which comes out in November, or, um, what the fuck was the name of the second one? I, I counted the name a while ago. Um, not Our Past, not the, it is a sequel to Our Past, is not the finest. It is called We Are Better Than Our Worst Instincts, and that will be coming out in June. Um, so, 
until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.